Okay, it's 10.45 on the 5th of January 2021. Um, if you hear any background noises because I've got the windows open today, I need to clear the, clear the air in this apartment uh, on a very regular basis. It's only a small place and uh, the, there are people moving in, I think, or they're moving crates or big boxes or something around outside. So that's the reason for the, for the background noise anyway. And I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to do a 20-minute monologue every day before 12 noon. I think that might be possible, you know. It should be It should be possible. It should be possible. Maybe not Tuesday if I'm doing the round table, but every other day it should be possible. And if I'm going to aim for before 12 o'clock or on the point of 12 noon as the time to start, then... That's, that's easy enough to fix in my head. So that that is possible. The new show seems to have gone out of the window already. It was a good idea, but 20-minute uh, monologue might work better. It uh, involves slightly less research. So I've been listening to The Last American Vagabond over the last two or three weeks, maybe. And uh, Ryan Christian... He's doing a very good job. So I recommend, if you haven't already listened to what he's doing, that, that it's it's worth putting the time in. He does a couple of hours most days, uh, which is way more than I'm prepared to do. But uh, And I don't want my head buried in negative stories about vaccine injuries and all that for, for two hours a day that would just do my head in completely. It would uh, It would destroy me, quite honestly. I couldn't do it so if I if I'm going to do 20 minutes then it has to be at least partly positive stories but given the feeling that I got on Sunday from standing in the park it's it's easy enough to be positive based on that experience because we were we were 30 35 people on Sunday, more than normal, with two groups of about 15 or 20 people each. What that means is that the the numbers are getting to the point where the, there's a natural separation into two groups. As one large group is always naturally going to split into two or into three maybe. And over the course of this year, both of the groups that are there now will split into smaller groups. And I know Newcastle will have will have at least four groups running by the end of this year at the rate a rate that has grown, and at the rate that my Podbean subscriber list is growing, I'm going to have another 700 subscribers by the end of the year if it keeps up at this rate which is two subscribers a day then i'm going to have at least 800 subscribers by the end of the year and standing the park is growing at a similar rate i'm i'm extrapolating i'm projecting but uh, i would assume that standing the park is going to grow at that at a similar kind of rate, it would be at least two two new people a week. It might even be 
10 or 12 people a week by the time we get done in the summer and then it'll calm down again in the winter. But my, my general feeling is that people have had enough. I was talking talking to somebody in the in the queue at the people's kitchen last night. I was I was mouthing off a little bit about uh, statistics being rigged and and all this stuff. And a guy guy in front of me started to started to have a conversation with me and agree with me. And he's had three jabs. He's had his booster, but he says no more, no more. So that to me is a sign that. Three is enough for everybody. Nobody will buy into a fourth job. I, I think probably if Boris Johnson has to do the same thing again next year that he did this year, people will just laugh. People will just laugh unless they combine it with a flu job, at which point it becomes a normalised thing for people who are over 60 or 70 or whatever. I don't agree with that either, but that's a, that's another whole other story. So I think the the outlook is positive for 2022. We we can and will beat this thing, and and we're already in the process of beating it. As the narrative's falling apart, the the booster narrative is not playing well, not playing well at all. And uh, there are there are young people who are saying no or just ignoring it. There are older people who've said yes, but now have had enough. And there is only so much bullshit you can feed people before they start to smell it. There is only so much that you can that you can say to reinforce a narrative that's false. Before people spot the the lies and the deception and the obfuscation and the lies of omission and all the other stuff that's going on. Honestly, you can start from the model of the virus if you want to start there, or you can start from PCR tests, which are fraudulent. Literally everything that this is based on is fraudulent. Or it's being sold as one thing when it's actually another. That might be a more accurate way of saying it. I think some of it's deliberately fraudulent. But a lot of it is just selling one thing as something else. It's, it's about dishonesty. And about money. So this is a clip now from ITV News last night. Um, about the effects of... Um, Isolate self-isolation, uh, the rules for self-isolation, what effect that's having on the economy. Trust has. It's discharging patients early and cancelling non-urgent operations. In fact, so too is Morecambe Bay, Blackpool and Dereford Hospital in Plymouth. Pressure from COVID has taken hold. Despite that, though, the Prime Minister said, because the variant is milder and so many of us are boosted, Plan B is enough. We have a chance to ride out this Omicron wave without shutting down our country once again. We can keep our schools and our businesses open and we can find a way to live with this virus.
But the weeks ahead are going to be challenging. That's partly because the number of patients going to hospital every day with COVID is still increasing. There are currently more than 14,000 taking up beds in an already stretched service. Prime Minister, you say that uh, we have a chance to ride this wave out without having extra restrictions, but isn't the cost of that patient care? Uh, the NHS is now under uh, a lot of pressure. Uh, but I'm also confident that we can uh, get through it. And what we're doing is supporting the NHS in uh, any way uh, that we can, uh, and, and we will continue to do that. And the country's top scientist even conceded the peak might well be some way off. This has largely been an infection amongst younger people up until now, and it's moving up the age range now. And as it moves up the age range, you would expect to see more hospitalizations, and we don't know for sure how that's going to manifest and what degree of disease. Stop. That's, that's simply not true, of course, because we've got experience from South Africa, and we've got experience from Denmark now as well, both of which are ahead of, ahead of us on the infection rates and everything. So we've got data from two countries that have already been through this. So to say that we don't know what the effect's likely to be is just not true. But it suits the narrative and it builds in a bit of fear. Sickness and the usual winter illnesses are adding to the pressure on hospitals. One intensive care doctor in London told me that patient care is already suffering. The quality of your care right now, whether it's because you've got COVID, whether it's because you come into hospital with a heart attack, or, or, or whether it's because you get hit by a bus and you're a healthy person who, who was just unlucky, your health care is not as good right now as it would normally be. The NHS isn't the only service suffering. Staff shortages are also crippling many businesses and 100,000 critical workers will now be given daily tests in a bid to keep things running. But the vast majority of supermarket and rail staff won't be covered by the scheme. Yesterday we saw one in 20 trains were cancelled. Unless we see a change to the isolation rules, it's inevitable that the, 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 the number of staff isolating is probably going to rise. So we could be in for a bumpy few weeks. Tonight, almost every hospital in Manchester has said it will postpone non-urgent surgery. The impact of COVID continues and there's no way of knowing how long it will last. So there you go, that's from, from ITV News, so that's as mainstream as you can possibly get. And uh, the effects of, of having a 10-day isolation period or a 7-day isolation period or a 5-day isolation period. It varies depending on, on the amount of days what the effect on the economy is going to be. But the government's put this in place, they should know what the effect is. They should know what's likely to happen before they before they decide on the policy, really. That's what modelling's for. Have they not got an extreme uh, model of uh, with a huge amount of extreme assumptions for, for self-isolation policy? They've got one for virus policy. Is this not included in that model? So at some point, they must have had the information and they must have had the ability to, to think about it. So the decisions are the responsibility of COBRA or whoever made them based on advice from medical people and the nudge unit and all those bunch of cretins. There's another piece from, from Channel 9 in Australia. 
fast approaching the record numbers we saw last year with the Delta strain. But as they surpass 1,000 for a second day, it's been revealed many COVID patients are hospitalised for other ailments. That's prompted the Prime Minister to call for a uniform definition of who should be counted. It seems no matter how often we're urged to avoid the PCR testing queue, unless necessary, the lines barely ease. Testing clinic after testing clinic across Sydney inundated as COVID fear and cases spread. New cases rose again today to 20,794, with almost 97,000 tests conducted, and hospital admissions rose too to 1,204. But intensive care numbers offer perspective. On September 6, there were 177 New South Wales patients in ICU out of 29,253 active cases. That's 0.6%. Today's 95 ICU patients, just 0.07% of the total 141,722 active cases. The Prime Minister says there should now be a redefinition of who should be counted as a COVID hospital admission. There are people being counted as um, being in hospital for COVID. They didn't go there for COVID. They went there for some other reason. Even with hospital admissions rising, the chief health officer says those who need the system most should not delay. Others, though, should reconsider. If you're going to the emergency department to try and get a PCR test for COVID and you're not unwell, that potentially compromises the care for those that need it. With continued pressure on PCR testing clinics, more confusion today over the alternative rapid antigen tests with mixed messages from the Commonwealth and state governments over when they'll be made available, how they'll be made available and who they'll be made available to. This from the Prime Minister today. If you're a close contact or you're symptomatic, then you go to the testing centres and rapid antigen tests will be, be being made available through those distribution centres um, for at the testing sites. That's what we agreed last week. A surprise to New South Wales, at least, which hasn't yet determined how it will supply the 50 million rapid tests it has on order. But the Federal Health Minister warns providing them free would mean demand outstripping supply. If there were uh, no constraint on that, then people would go down and, uh, and take crates and boxes away. The government adds it would also undermine the private sector's ability to stock their shelves with confidence. Not that they're lacking confidence right now. This BP service station at Edgecliffe selling a single rapid test for $30 today. Health experts say the overall thinking is flawed. The clear public health benefit of providing rapid tests free outweighs the cost. More people will use them for sure. That means people who are infectious now and, and, not, and haven't got any symptoms will actually know they're infectious and stay at home, which will actually reduce the spread. Stephen Duckett, a health... All right, so that whole thing relies on asymptomatic spread, which is a load of garbage, absolute load of garbage. So the whole premise of the testing policy is flawed. Flawed, complete rubbish... Based on, based on a fraud, based on a lie. Because asymptomatic spread just doesn't exist. You can only spread a virus if you've got symptoms of that virus. You, you can't do it any other way. The, 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 the symptoms are what makes the spread happen. So anyway, it's, it's just rubbish really. 
I've got to the point where I don't really want to watch any more of these videos. I will do, but uh, I don't want to. Among the millions said to be isolating were transport staff, leading to cancellations, refuge collectors with bins in parts of the country overflowing, bar staff causing some pubs to close their doors, and supermarket workers with Iceland reporting an exponential rise in staff sickness. It's now about 11% of our workforce. We're up 700 um, uh, COVID absentees since this time last week. Uh, and now we've got over 1,700 of, of our staff off with COVID. For this managing director, the answer is not just more testing. It is less isolation time. Uh, the current rules of seven days should be cut, um, ideally to, to five days. However, there is even a school of thought that says if, if this Omicron variant, as long as you're triple jabbed, maybe people should just use their common sense. And if you're ill, stay at home. But if you're not, then be allowed to go back to work. The vast majority of supermarket and rail staff will not be covered by the government's new priority testing scheme, leading to a similar plea from a transport watchdog. Yesterday we saw one in 20 trains were cancelled. Unless we see a change to the isolation rules, it's inevitable that the, 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 the number of staff isolating is probably going to rise. So we could be in for a bumpy few weeks. The health secretary, guess where, in a vaccination centre, said the isolation time had already been cut and despite the calls from business and some Tory MPs insisted he would not follow the US and France and reduce it further to five days. Our decisions are, are based on the very latest evidence and we're quite clear that where we are with you know, seven days but you, know, you need those two negative lateral flow tests in the final two days it's the right balanced proportion approach. The Labour leader said he would follow the science on isolation rules but said a bigger problem was a lack of available tests for most people. It is simply unacceptable two years best part of two years into a pandemic, for the government to say we haven't got enough tests. Lateral flow tests ought to be available in sufficient quantity to deal with the situation we now find ourselves in. But so, so the pandemic is back, basically. That's what we've got. It's the same problem we had last summer. Keir Starmer's a joke, really. All he's doing is going lockdown earlier, keep people at home longer, and close everything down out it's, it's just ridic ridiculous I and mean, there's no way that i'm voting for that guy or his party and i'm a member of the labor party i've been a member of the labor party off and on for about 35 years either through trade unions or through direct membership and i'll, I'll keep paying my subs but i'm not voting for them not in the current situation because their the policies are a joke they're just like they're just putting people in prison in their own homes. It's ridiculous. Some industries think they need more than mass testing. Anoush Gurastana, ITV News. There you go. That was from last night as well. So I think that's probably enough for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again a bit later on.